Good afternoon. This is Donna, and today's episode is called Evil, the Great Duality. We're going to start off with a little story. It's so dark, gasped the little girl, staring into the abyss ahead. You insisted on coming in here with naught but a candle, reminded Mama with a little smile. That's before I knew there would be monsters in here. The girl's voice grew faint with fright. Look, there's one lying there waiting to get me. Ah, now that big one's reaching for me. Those aren't monsters, they're just our shadows, said Mama, a comforting hand touching the girl's shoulder. Why are you so afraid? It's just that everything looks different in the dark, whispered the girl, staring at the lumps and bumps of her mini toys and stuffed bears lying right where she'd left them, just beyond the meager flickering light. There's nothing here to fear, except maybe fear itself, Mama said softly. Let me show you. Walk as far as you can into the dark. Okay, whispered the girl, taking one careful step at a time, feeling her way around and over the ominous lumps and bumps, until she came to the toy box against the far wall and stopped. I can't go any further, and it's not any better over here, just darker. Yes, well, you need to turn around now, Mama advised. Trusting Mama completely, the girl turned around and saw clearly all the familiar beauty of her nursery. Now that she faced the light, even though it was only one candle flickering on the table by the door, Her monster shadow had disappeared, and all that had frightened her in the unfamiliar darkness became the dear and intriguing toys and stuffed bears, which she had come to play with in the first place. The End Third dimension on this planet, planet Earth at least, is set up to be a lesson in duality, because We are learning how to use our free will and our creative abilities, and yet to find love and balance in all things. So everything here has an opposite, and there's a positive and a negative pull or use for all things. For instance, laughter. Let's look at laughter. Laughter can heal us. Laughter is very healing, yes, on all levels. Or... Laughter can destroy and shame when we make fun of someone. Let's look at anger. Anger can lead to murder. Or it can alert us to when our boundaries are being violated. Emmanuel says in Emmanuel's book one, The battle of light and darkness is within you. This is not a world of victimization. You are very much in control of your own life. You are here to see what you are in light and also to find the residual areas of darkness that are determined to sabotage that light. It is all too common to feel victim to negativity, whereas the negativity is really owned by the individual as part of the karmic structure. Darkness is a choice. We are speaking of a denial of light, not an absence of light. 
The concept of God being in all things, therefore, is not so irreconcilable. End quote. So why would we want to look at or understand darkness? Why are Diana and I including an episode about evil (laughs) in our podcast? Well, darkness, aka evil, is a convincingly large part of our illusion of duality, yes? A simple way to explain why it's important to come to understand our darkness as well as our light is this quote by Eric Francis. Study both sides of every coin, even if you prefer one side or the other. A coin implies value, and yet such is worthless unless you present all of it rather than just half of it. The word integrity is based on a deeper concept, which is integration, in this case, of yourself. End quote. So what, in a nutshell, is what we call evil? It is simply various lower vibrating forms of energy that interact within this realm or this dimension or this world. Why do we create evil? Why, if this is simply something that resides within us, as Emmanuel says, why do we create evil? Well, in the Raw Law of One books, they talk about when souls come to the point in their journey where they get to choose their path or their orientation for the next step. And in third dimension, there is what's considered a negatively oriented choice and a positively oriented choice. We would say that service to self is more the negatively oriented path for this portion, and service to others is more of the positively oriented path. The negatively oriented mass consciousness that exists here in this dimension is a tool, and it is used for balance and for lessons. And we created it and allow it in our world to balance the light in proportion to the darkness so that free will and free choice is possible. We souls in the third dimension wanted equally to be able to choose negative or positive actions and thoughts and emotions and so on and so forth. Therefore, seemingly negatively oriented beings and energies must be available and accessible to us. It takes much more negativity or darkness to proportionally equal the light. If you look at it in terms of power, in as simple of an example as darkness versus light in a room, like in the um, the opening story where there's a candle in a dark room, it takes much more of the darkness to propor- in proportion to the light to have a balance. And, of course, takes vast amount of darkness before a single light could ever be overcome. In first and second dimensions, the polarity is pretty neutral because 
our consciousness isn't high enough to polarize positive or negative yet. It's just becoming aware still. Third dimension, however, is about conscious choice that requires our perceivable duality. After third dimension, by the way, we go into positive or negative-oriented dimensions. The whole dimension is either positive or negative-oriented. So the fifth dimension, the fourth dimension is a gateway. The fifth dimension is split by polarity. So fifth dimension positive or fifth dimension negative. So that souls who have chosen an orientation can explore further and more fully in their orientation. Those oriented negatively, which would be the service to self, don't stay in their negative orientation past fifth dimension. Because sixth dimension is one where wisdom must be matched with an equal amount of love. And of course, wisdom and love are both positive orientations. Uh, The Raw Love 1 Book 2 says this, This uh, love light is very, very difficult to achieve in unity when following the negative path. They're talking about the sixth dimension here. And during the earlier part of the sixth dimension, they call it sixth sixth density, society complexes, that's collective, the collective of the negative orientation will choose to release the potential and leap into sixth dimension positive. So I talk about that each of us have a higher self or an oversoul. And our higher self is sort of like the future totality of our soul's experience. Our higher self or our oversoul communicates with us during incarnations as long as the proper pathways and the channels have been opened up. And it guides us. It guides the soul as a service, much like a roadmap where the destinations are already known, after it reaches sixth density, sixth dimension. Therefore, all higher selves, all of our higher selves or our oversouls, are of positive orientation. They are our own personal guiding and guardian angels, so to speak. Negatively oriented individuals are typically not in touch or communication with their higher self while they are incarnated because, as, as the Raw Law of One Book Two says, the negative path is one of separation. And what is the first separation? The self from the self. In the book by Debbie Ford titled The Dark Side of the Light Chasers, it deals with embracing our own shadow and our own capacity for evil. The interplay between light or good and dark or evil within our own self is a microcosm of the planetary macrocosm. And we each have the capability or the possibility of being all things. So accepting and integrating all parts of ourselves allows us then to choose which parts we act out of. It also allows us to unconditionally love ourselves and therefore others. Cutting off or denying parts of ourselves, such as what we would consider our inner evil, (laughs) can cause problems because we are then not whole. So we will act out of our unwholeness. 
We can only love ourselves and others conditionally when we don't accept all of our parts or our entire duality. So is evil, quote unquote, real? No, (laughs) no, it is not. It is purely illusion. It is firmly and always and only inside of this illusion that we have created. Emmanuel's book three says this, there are no dark spirits. There are only frightened human beings who perform unloving acts. Beyond illusion, there is always truth, and truth consists of one thing only, perfect love. End quote. Yet, here we all are, inside of this illusion, trying to remember truth and who we are. So, we discuss the illusion. We discuss the parts that are helpful to understand. Because we are complex beings, our illusions are extremely complex and multi-layered and multifunctional. So, I will address the many so-called faces of so-called evil <laughs> and give explanation for the parts of illusion that many have and can experience. Because I myself have been fully ensconced in and faced with these various forms of evil. And I have thought and felt at the time before I had a higher understanding that they were each very, very real. I know that when I say to you, evil is not real, there are a hundred doubts that arise. The illusion of evil or darkness is so, so convincing. Please keep in mind as I talk about these parts of our illusion that they truly only exist inside of this, our shared dream, or on, on this, our theater stage. You have complete control over your experience of evil. So I'm going to go into what I have titled explanations for common things that we humans have historically considered dark or evil. And it is important to understand that the feeling of spiritual things, the feeling of spiritual things in and of itself is often uncomfortable because we are humanly unfamiliar with how spirit forms consciously feel until we have encountered and gained experience with them. For instance, this could be compared to the first time that we ride a bike, which can be hard and uncomfortable and can even seem to hurt us. And yet, bike riding isn't bad. Our discomfort, being uncomfortable, often translates to fear, which often then translates to viewing all spirits, all beings in the spirit world, as negative. So please understand that not all entities that we might call ghosts or spirits are negatively oriented, despite what the movies tell us. (laughs) Now, some might be, and some are just immature or confused or even mischievous. More than anything, we humans have been conditioned to fear darkness and evil. 
Indeed, it is fear itself, the, the energy of fear itself that perpetuates and feeds the negative illusion. So work with reversing that conditioning. Knowledge and understanding is a much better way to go than avoidance and blind fear when it comes to darkness or what we might call evil. So let's start with ghosts. Ghosts can be an imprint of a person or of an event where very intense emotion, whether it was positive or negative emotion, created a sort of broken record effect in the energetic time stream and will replay the same person or scene over and over like a hologram. This is just energy. Uh, Another instance that we might call a ghost is when an actual person's spirit that is confused has not gone back to the other side after death. And this will have been intentional. If you have not listened to our episode on death and the other side, I would encourage you to hear. Um, Sometimes ghosts that are an actual spirit of a person are here for intentional learning experiences just outside of their form of incarnation. And those learning experiences are for either the ghost entity itself or for the people that it affects. Something else that we might describe as a ghost is when a person dies, passes on or goes home, and their spirit or their personality comes back to contact those that they loved and give messages to them, such as through a medium or through a dream, or even directly. The spirit is actually reaching through time and space to this specific time and space to make that contact. And what they do is they create a sort of echo effect that comes to us here. Their higher dimensional beings can do this easily. easily. They can even appear in a form, while lower dimensional beings cannot do this or struggle to even be heard. So you have a whole spectrum of this type of phenomenon that we might call a ghost. To work with a ghost, first... Make sure that you are operating from a high frequency. And there's a lot of information on that in the episodes on energy. And then clear or process your fear and any other low emotions. And there is an episode on nine ways to work with fear. Once you are balanced and in your strength, you can... Um, Of course, also ask for help from your angels and guides and connect to your higher self and you can get more information if you need it. There are many, many other instances and nuances that go along with these very simplified explanations I have given about ghost, so to speak, ghost entities. So you can actually connect with your higher self and get more information. Um, You can communicate with your angels or your guides in meditation or automatic writing, or maybe you have other ways of doing that. And just ask questions, get more information about what's going on. And you can even ask what to do to clear it or to neutralize it. You can speak directly to the ghost entity 
and also get more information. Important to be in compassion. Remember what I said starting out that a lot, and I would even say most spirits, are simply in ignorance or they're confused. So be in compassion when you're doing this sort of work. Wrap the spiritual being in great love and then send it back to its source. You can send it back to its source, um, the person it belongs to, or you can send it back to divine source, whatever feels right, or you might get other instructions and, f- and follow that. Just make sure that it's based in love and not fear. Sometimes the only way that a ghost, certain types of, of this spiritual phenomenon can be released to continue on its way is from a human, especially if it doesn't even realize that it is stuck. Because when spirits are in this state, they can't hear those on the spirit side that are trying to help it. Okay? Let's move on to what we might call just general spirits or elementals. Elementals are things like nature spirits, guardians of different planes or dimensions, or even species. Also, elementals are all kinds of entities that are not incarnated in a physical body, but they have come to experience earth and earth life. So elementals can refer to spirits existing in very specific planes or dimensions such as fairies or sprites and gnomes. And these uh, other realms, these planes or dimensions, humanity once interacted very easily with. And that is, of course, why we still have so many stories and legends of them today, as well as dragons and unicorns and all the so-called mythological creatures. Yes, they do exist in other planes or dimensions. And yes, humanity has very much interacted with them in the past, and there are still humans that do interact with them today. Um Elementals tend to be drawn to certain places or people based entirely on the energy frequency that they like or want to be near. So sort of like, for instance, bacteria can be both helpful or unhelpful to us as humans. Same is true of these elementals or other types of spirits. There are always, always spirits around us some of them more helpful and some of them less helpful (laughs) to us and our aims and interests and goals as human beings. You will attract the energetic frequency of spirits that match your personal frequency. If you don't like what you are attracting, you can do work to change your frequency. There are many, many, many things you can do to change your frequency. You can clear these types of elemental spirits by sending them away, simply sending them away, or as I said, by changing your frequency or the frequency of a place. Because they are attracted to, um, to certain energies, um, they might just be hanging out in a specific place. And so you can use things like music and water and fire and essential oils to change frequencies of places. Let's talk about what might be behind this word demons. 
demons. Demons are spirits or individuations that are usually part of the negatively oriented mass consciousness. Reminder once more, all of this is within our illusion. All of these are complexities that we have created to experience. Okay? So, demons are individuations, you might say, that are part of the negatively oriented mass consciousness. Demons can seem to have a higher intelligence than some of the other spirits. However, they can only affect you if you open yourself up by entering into their low energetic realm, such as things like drug addiction or abuse of others or continuing to be a victim of abuse. Power over others, such as certain cults and religions, attract these kinds of uh, these, these kinds of spiritual entities because of the frequencies that are created. Suicide, murder, etc. Extreme non-love is their energetic level of vibration. Demons are the dualistic or the negative equivalent of angels with varying hierarchies. They exist to cause more chaos and greater negativity and to take away um, things like free will or to control, such as um, people who want to commit suicide often have come to believe that they have no other option. They, in one way or another, have, have fallen, you might say, or come into such a low frequency that they are now in the realm of influence of these entities that we might call demons. Okay? The best defense is avoidance by living in such a way to keep your frequency high. These things hang out, as I said, at very negative energy places. So even physical places of very negative energy. And you have to be low or negative enough on the energy spectrum before they can affect you. If you are living in love and you're taking good physical care of your body and you are putting good things into your mind and have a spiritual practice and a connection to a higher power and you are healing your emotional wounds, you won't encounter these beings much, if at all. However, if you are an addict, especially of heavy drugs or pornography or violence and such, then you will encounter them much, much more. So get help with the addiction. Get help with any addiction because this will begin to raise your frequency in and of itself. A word picture here is if you were to cover yourself with sugar water and lie down in a moist forest, you are going to attract mosquitoes. Yes, if mosquitoes exist in that moist forest. In the same way, if you cover yourself with low-frequency energy and you hang out in low-frequency places or with others of low frequencies, for instance, a crack house, you are going to attract so-called demons. If you need to clear a demonic entity, raise your frequency physically, mentally, and spiritually, 
connect fully to divine source, which is love, which is creator, which is God, and or your higher self, whatever your higher power is, and work with the energy of unconditional love, which I also call divine love. If it helps you, you can absolutely use the name of a master like Jesus Christ or the Buddha or any other masters that are high frequency, um, higher dimensional masters based in love. Or you can simply call divine love. It's all the same energy. You can use divine love energy to fill a physical place, to wrap any entity or being, or simply extend it from your heart, which your heart is a direct conduit of infinite source divine love. It is. (laughs) Divine love is like kryptonite to low or negative energies. They have a choice when confronted by any love. Their choice is to accept it, which will then begin to transform them. They will then begin to be transformed by it, or they have to get away from it. Love and fear cannot coexist. Why? Because fear is the illusion, and love is the truth or the higher reality. Let's talk about another form of what we might call negative energies, which I would call thought forms. Thought forms. Thought forms are bundles of heavy or dense energy created by human beings. And I mean created by human beings already in this illusion. (laughs) Like we are constantly creating this sort of uh, heavier, dense energy that I would call thought forms. This energy has no consciousness or intelligence. It is basically a residue. We consider thought forms negative because positive energies are not heavy or dense and they don't get stuck. Positive energy by contract is by excuse me contrast is light. It is orderly and it moves and it multiplies into greater positive usable energy. For instance, things like joy or grace or gratitude. Negative thought forms are created by intense focus and emotions that involve all of the planes of our human existence, physical, mental, and spiritual. For instance, being abused or other experiences that affect us deeply enough to have to generate lots of intense negative frequency emotion about are the experiences that create thought forms. Once healing has occurred, the thought form created by that experience dissolves, or more accurately, maybe it transforms. Unhealed, Thought forms are an energy that remains stuck to us or stuck to a place. Stuck to us like baggage or stuck to a place like residue. Thought forms stick to places, things, and people. Thought forms can be created also from addiction experiences or during extreme conflicts like war and riots and politics. From depression and rage any negative sexual experiences, 
etc. Basically anything that we as a human being put a lot of mental or emotional focus on when the thoughts or emotions are negative on the energy spectrum. Like all energy, thought form energy works like a magnet, attracting like energy to it. So therefore, with this type of energy, it would be growing heavier and denser and bigger. An example of that would be hoarding. Hoarding will attract or almost seem to create more hoarding, yes? Hoarding would be a great physical example of how thought forms work. Sensitive people can feel thought form energy accumulated in places. I might be able to get Diana to tell you the story of when she and her husband visited castles in Scotland and the experiences that they both had with this type of energy. Now, thought forms can be cleared from people by healing emotional and psychological wounds. Thought forms can be cleared from places or from things by the intention or the command to release and clear it. I personally like to send thought form energy back to the source of all that is so that it can be recycled into something useful. I'm a recycler. (laughs) I even recycle energy. Burning sage or using essential oils of different types are a very useful prop because it clearly communicates the intention of clearing and it raises energetic frequencies and helps especially when you don't believe in your own power to clear something like this. Next on my list, my dark, dark list, are what we might call satanic energies. Satanic energies are contacts or connections directly to the negative mass consciousness, like the whole kit and caboodle, the big negative mass consciousness, okay? There is no Satan. There is no devil. But we created that concept. We created the concept of a Satan or a devil in our duality because our ideas of God needed a counterpart. Yes, Remember, belief is literally everything here in this realm. Those who believe in a Satan will have as much experience with that Satan as they choose to believe is possible. Those who don't believe in a Satan will literally never encounter it, and it will not exist for them. The rules here with this sort of what we might call a satanic energy, are much the same as the other forms of negative energies as far as how you open yourself to negative attention or how it can affect you. Often, this level of negative energy is created and brought in intentionally by those who want power for the sake of power such as those who dabble in so-called satanic rituals and seek practices of power for purposes that serve ego, um, the illusion themselves, or darkness. 
Some people choose this as just another way to explore or learn, believe it or not. (laughs) Connections or contracts to this level of negative energy can be pre-programmed by the soul before incarnating for specific purposes. There are humans incarnated with this type of energy. It's easier if you look back in history. You can quickly begin to see people who have acted in such a way that, well, here, let me just give you an example. Humans who are incarnated with this type of energy are here to gather power and create fear and wreak destruction and chaos. Again, this is allowed. These humans, uh, these souls even that are oriented uh, for a time into darkness like this, these are allowed for purposes of balance and free will in this third dimension. We have all collectively agreed to this. And I might add, each one of us has more than likely participated to some extent in this. This energy can seem very, very intelligent. But the souls that participate or manifest as darkness are fifth dimension or lower. Remember, your higher self or your oversoul is sixth dimension and has the knowledge and the power to help you with this sort of being, this type of darkness. This means that you are bigger and stronger than even the perceived, this this perceived most powerful form of darkness. And once again, even this is only illusion that springs from and feeds off of fear. The more that you remember who you are and the deeper into love that you return, this will cease to exist for you. Use the same protocol to deal with attacks uh, or to clear it as with the demon energies. And lastly, I want to talk about a little little bit more uh, maybe benign form of darkness. Uh, Let's talk about nightmares. Nightmares. We are in a different level of consciousness, obviously, when we are sleeping. And some dreams or nightmares are simply us clearing excess energy from our daily activities, um, kind of like an electrical discharge. Our subconscious and higher self can give us messages during dream states, and they speak in a language of symbols and illustrations. So it can be very helpful to consult a dream dictionary if you are having a recurring dream or nightmares that plague you. It is helpful to keep a notebook and a pen by your bed and record these. Record your dreams or nightmares because then you can begin to fully decode them or receive the messages before you forget the details and the feelings. Pay a special attention to the feelings that you experience during these dreams or these nightmares. If you listen to your heart instead of your mind... And if you can accept the seemingly irrational instead of insisting on rationality, you will receive these messages more easily. 
Nightmares can actually be about rather benign and non-scary things. Dreams can be about things that we've repressed that need to be remembered, that need attention, or suppressed things that need to be healed. You can contact your higher self or your your inner self and find out what it is about and, and why and what to do about it. You can also, of course, get help from a good counselor or even someone like a good psychic who has experience with nightmares and dreams. Someone who can help you find answers and especially clear any fear that is being created. Real quickly, just to recap, how can we work with various forms of darkness? Well, first and foremost, do not put any fear energy into it. Do not focus on it beyond acknowledging it. Hi, there you are. Hello. (laughs) And examining why you are encountering it. Only give negative energies positive or loving attention. Rumi, in his very famous poem called The Guest House, says, Welcome everything that comes. When you welcome something, that is a positive and a loving attention. Rejection would be not giving something positive attention. Even though this seems counterintuitive, negative energies can only gain power from low-frequency energies like fear and rage. And so when they are offered forgiveness and even just acceptance or compassion or love in any form, they lose power and they will leave or dissipate quickly rather than continue losing power to your love. Divine love and forgiveness are fear's kryptonite. Extend compassion to all lower energy. Forgive it freely. Wish it well. These beings are suffering. And when you extend these heartfelt things, it has a choice. It it can accept what you've extended, which will help it begin to orient some sort of degree towards positive, or it will have to get away from you because it's losing power when you offer these things. You can, of course, always, always, always ask for help from your angels and guides. Get help from the archangels. Archangels are huge, higher beings that are in charge of different realms. And they will come when you call, as will any help that you call on. So you can invite in creator or divine source uh, or divine love, whatever concept or form that you want to use, you can invite that in to fill you and to fill a physical place. You are never, never, never alone. You have a truly infinite amount of help available to you at all times, but you must ask and you must believe or allow it into your illusion. The simplest way to meet darkness in any form is to say, I choose love. This is from Emmanuel. So three practices of just kind of general protection. If, if you are in a place in the illusion where you desire protection for yourself or for others, one of the things that I use most frequently 
that I learned from Dolores Cannon um, because she teaches this, we use this in every session of QHHT, is the pyramid of light. And, and this is how you do it. Center in your heart and you just intend or imagine or create a four-sided pyramid that is full of pure white or golden light. So you just see that. Place the pyramid around your body or around your car maybe or your house or your office or your airplane or whatever you need to encompass inside of that protection. The white or golden light is the light of source, uh, divine love, and whatever's inside of it is protected from lower energies. Something else that might resonate with you is you can wear and or diffuse essential oils to balance negative emotions and to protect from others' negative emotions. Another physical uh, sort of prop that has been very helpful to me in the past is the Bach Flower Essences and the FES Sprays. They're very energetically powerful. You can clear energies from others after you're with them, especially if you're very sensitive and often feel drained after being in a crowd or around people. This isn't necessarily that other people's energies are negative, but most people have baggage of some sort, and the interplay of energies between us all is a whole complex world of its own. To clear energies from others, I simply center in my heart and I think or even say aloud. I release anything or everything back that I accepted or took from so-and-so, which wasn't for my or their highest good. I take back anything or everything that I gave away that wasn't for my or their highest good. I use my breath for a good physical clearing while I'm doing this, and uh, to do that, I release other people's energies as I exhale, and I accept back my own energies as I inhale. To finish up, my friends, I just want to remind you, your belief in your ability to work with negative things is paramount. If you don't believe you have the power to clear something, ask for help. Be, of course, in gratitude and compassion and love always, always when you're doing this work. Fear makes everything seem much worse than it actually is. Indeed, fear is the illusion. All of these things only exist inside of fear. So clear the fear and get into love. Remember, perfect love casts out fear. Your soul is a piece of pure, infinite source love choosing to have this experience. So being in your heart is a direct connection to that source love. You are love. Anything else is just an idea or a construct meant to teach us. Once you begin to really understand this, even such concepts as evil or good begin to fade into a higher whole reality. Your additional resources for today are Pat Rodegas and Judith Stanton's Emmanuel books, Debbie Ford's Dark Side of the Light Chasers, Rob Bell's Love Wins, uh, has really great teachings, especially if you are in Christianity or come out of Christianity 
and are questioning the concepts of hell and Satan. Rob Bell's book, Love Wins, uh, talks about the biblical verses that this is based on, heaven and hell are based on, and how they got misinterpreted. Dealing with these seemingly maybe evil times, <laughs> I recommend also reading Jose Stevens' recent articles at thepowerpath.com. He's got such great perspectives and information. And lastly, Dolores Cannon's book, Between Life and Death, that's the title, Between Life and Death, has a, a lot of great things to say about all of this that I've talked about. Remember to visit our author website, ddadare.com, and let us know what questions you have about this or any of the information that we share. Also, uh, remember to sign up for an email notification if you would like to know when our Atlantis book series is published. Thank you for your time. I know this is a really long episode. Thanks for hanging in there. I hope that it is helpful and useful, and may you be fearless. May you know love in all of its glory. Blessings on you. Blessings on your day.